Word of God from Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. How are y'all doing this morning? It's good to see all of you. This morning, as I, as I said in our, in our opening, we're going to be taking a brief hiatus from our Wisdom, Madness, and Folly series as, as we celebrate our youth. And, and in particular, we want to celebrate our seniors who are, who have, some of you have, at least one of you has already graduated. Uh, some of you are graduating in the coming days, and this is, this is exciting. We're excited for you. We're excited to, to walk with you, to celebrate with you, and to commission you, to send you out. But before, before we get into that, before we speak to our students, I want to say a quick word to our parents, our parents of seniors, because this is, this is all new for you, too. There's a, there's a lot of newness happening to you, too. And, and you've probably seen your, your, your seniors, you've probably seen them changing a lot over this past year. And so I want to take a moment to, just, I just want to try to normalize some of what you've been seeing for a moment, okay? So just, just tell me if any of this fits what you've, what you've been witnessing. Mild cases of staring out the window. Swollen ego. Homework fatigue. Aimlessly wandering your house. Inflammation of the whining gland. Short-term memory loss. Now let me assure you, this is, all, this is all normal. This is all par for the course. This is something that, that we've known about for a long time. It's called senioritis, okay? And this should subside in the next two months to about five years, okay? It's okay. Just, just keep loving them. Keep walking with them. But all, all jokes aside, what, what a tremendous accomplishment by these seniors, I mean, their resilience and perseverance is, is so admirable. I mean, I've gotten to, to see it firsthand. I mean, they were adult, an incredibly difficult hand, and they've continued to navigate these circumstances with, with grace, with commitment, with integrity. I mean, can we just, can we just honor that? Can we give them a, a round of applause for that? Yeah. Now, today we're, we're talking about how to persevere in faith. And we're going to be looking at this passage in Hebrews. And, and just to orient you a little bit to Hebrews, Hebrews was written with, with a twofold purpose in mind. It's intended to encourage you that Jesus is better and worthy of all of your trust and all of your devotion. And because Jesus is better, we should remain faithful to him. Now, when you hear the words, Jesus is better, so, some people say that in a, I've heard it and I believe it kind of way. And even, even if there's not this, this deep experience 
that goes along with it. That's still, they're walking in faith. And that's good. We want them to walk in faith in that. But others say Jesus, Jesus is better in this like hybrid Ecclesiastes Pauline kind of way where they've, they've strived, they've searched, they've indulged. And what they've concluded is that truly nothing compares to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. And this is also by faith. This is walking in faith, a mature version of faith. And my desire is that you would grow from one degree of knowing to the other, that you would mature in faith. So how does that happen? In part through perseverance. And our passage in Hebrews this morning gives us three exhortations on how we can persevere. We persevere in faith by drawing near to God, by holding fast to God, by hold, I'm sorry, but we persevere by drawing near to God, by holding fast in hope, and by considering one another. So first, let us, let us draw near to God. Drawing near to God means embracing that you will change. Graduation season brings with it both, both excitement and transition. It's all happening all at once. It's just c- collected together. And all of us must learn to deal with change in our lives. I mean, we're constantly changing. There's no avoiding it. And, and I found that there, there tends to be two kinds of people when it comes to dealing with change. The first kind of person likes change. They find the upheaval exciting. They're motivated by it. They look forward to it. But most people, I I find, are in the second category. They find the first category of people to be weird. They make no sense to them. You, You like change? Nobody likes change. And I think part of the reason why many people are unflattered by change in their lives is because it forces you to deal with reality that you are not in control. Not nearly as much as you think you are. Change confronts you in that way. But change isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, Hebrews is telling us that Jesus has caused the best kind of change. That through Christ, people can access God in a way that wasn't possible before. I mean, being near to God was always by proxy in Jewish worship. You could be in the vicinity of God, you could be close to God, so to speak, but you could never be in the presence of God. You could never have intimacy and fellowship with Him. But Hebrews is saying, not true anymore. Now you can. I mean, that's what, that's what the first 10 chapters of Hebrews is, is building up to. It's trying to communicate to us. That we can have fellowship with God. And not only can we have fellowship with God, but we can be confident of it. We can be assured of it. You can enter with boldness. Why? Because of something that is unchanging. The finished work of Jesus for you. We can now embrace every other life change through the lens of this unchanging reality. That's called stability. Christ grants it to you. Through the cross, the throne room of grace has been opened. You have access to God. Through the cross, the guilty have been pardoned. You can do so with confidence, not letting all of this weight drag you down. It's being lifted up. And Jesus rules over God's house now, meaning he continues to advocate for you. He's on your side granting you access to come near. 
But here's the thing. Being near to God changes you. God invites us not simply to come as we think we are, but to come as He has made us. Cleansed. Washed by the blood. Without guilt. And when you do that, staying the same is not possible. I mean, you you think you can draw near to God and stay self-absorbed? You think you can draw near to God and, and remain conceited? Greedy? That's just not how relationships work. When you come into a relationship with someone else and really know them, you're changed by them. You change each other. God is changing you when you draw near to Him. When I'm around people who are truly kind, one of two things happens. Either in my unkindness, I get annoyed. It happens. Or the kindness pierces through, and I'm grateful. I may even begin to assess how I can be more like that. I may ask myself, why am I not more like that? In some ways, you're repulsed or you draw near. You see, the Christian life is not one of reluctance and self-doubt, but one of budding confidence to stand in the presence of God by the power of God. And though we live in a disenchanted world, we're learning to embrace the very realness of God's glory in our lives today. Because, as James says, he will draw near to those who draw near to him. And this is very good. This is very good news for us. This is a very good thing. So let us draw near to God. Second, our second exhortation, let us hold tightly to hope. Now, you may may ask, how can faith grow in a world where most things look broken? I mean, is, is such confidence naive and misplaced? Are we, are we misguided here? But here's what Hebrews says. In verse 23, it says that our faith grows by holding tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Holding tightly to hope is a call to live, trusting that God will make good on his promise, while at the same time living in a world that is frustrated and opposes him. And it's hard because there's evidence of opposition all over the place. The fact that we have to cling to hope at all means that there are outside factors pushing back against us. We're not walking the path of least resistance here. In fact, we're being called to walk a path that seems rarely, if ever, easy to navigate. But our hope is not in things that are seen, but in things that will be according to the promises of God. And our hope is assured insofar as God is able to do it. Do you hear that? Our hope is assured insofar as God is able to do it. Our barometer for confidence should be nothing short of the faithfulness of God. That's our measure. How confident should I be? As faithful as God is. And so we are called to live as ones, trusting in the hope set before us. And so we press on in our anxious age with our sights set on seeing the glory of God through the building up of one another. That's right. Faith that perseveres actually seeks to mutually build up one another in Christ. And so our third third exhortation here, let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. Now, the word consider in verse 24 means that in the Christian life, we're called to give careful attention to the spiritual growth of one another. 
I mean, th- th- think about that. Think, think about the amount of energy you expend on your own holiness, on pursuing God. Think about that. Now imagine devoting even a portion of that energy to seeing your brother or sister look more like Jesus. I mean, that, that might even change the way you think about your role in the church. According to Hebrews, God sees us as important instruments of renewal and maturity unto godliness in one another's lives. There are 59 different one another passages, these one another commands in the New Testament. 59. One another's. Have you ever thought about them? Do you know them? We're called to obey them. Not as burden, but as joy. That this is what real community is like. This kind of community that's transformed by the gospel. And we see two instances of that here in in this passage. It says to spur on one another and to encourage one another. Now to spur on literally means to, to irritate. The idea is not that others find you annoying. Don't, don't be annoying, okay? To our seniors, don't, don't be annoying, okay? That's, that's not what we're talking about here. This isn't licensed to, to uh, be a nuisance. But, but that in the context of Christian community, you are allowing others to speak into your life and to confront you when you're out of step. Now, I, I get it. I get it. We, we live in a time when the leading opinion of our day is, I get to decide for myself what's right or wrong. I, I get to decide for myself what's good or bad. I'm going to do what's best for me. But I encourage you. I want to push back against it. I encourage you, please. Be in a community where people are coming again and again to the Lord and spurring you on to do, to do the same. They irritate you in the most loving and faithful way. This isn't, this isn't sibling kind of irritation, okay? I just want to be clear again. But this is genuinely spurring you on. Tim Keller, Pastor Tim Keller puts it this way. He says, you say to your friends, look, look, I'm a Christian. And I'm supposed to live as a Christian. We're, we're trying to live as believers following Jesus. The Bible says we shouldn't be spending all of our money on ourselves in self-indulgent ways. We're supposed to be giving it away. But I want to spend my money on myself. The Bible says we should be forgiving, but I hold grudges. The Bible says we we shouldn't be filled with self-pity, but I get really self-absorbed and really sorry for myself. When you see me doing that, I want you to give me what I need, not what I want. I want you to come after me. I want you to spur me. In other words, what he's saying is, I want to be more like Christ but I know myself. My desires and intentions, they don't always line up. I need others to care about my holiness, sometimes even more than I do. Will you walk with me? When I start to fall, will you do the hard thing? Instead of saying nothing, will you confront me? Will you love me? According to Hebrews, We need those kinds of relationships. You need those kinds of relationships in your life. Hebrews is saying those are necessary for our spiritual health. The second thing we're called to do in in considering one another is, is we're called to encourage one another. 
Now, this past week, Sarah, my wife, and I celebrated our, our ninth wedding anniversary. And, um, yeah, you can, uh, thank you. Um, it's fine. Um, and studying, studying this passage this week in particular, it reminded me of, of my, favorite, my favorite wedding gift. My favorite wedding gift. One of my really good friends couldn't make it to our wedding because he was working for an uh, international justice mission in Cambodia that summer. So I was like, that's, that's fine. That's a good excuse. Okay. Um, you get a pass. But he still, he still took the time to write up and mail us what he called the toast I never got to give. And I still, I still have the letter. He sent from Cambodia, stamps and all, and on the back it literally says, the toast I never got to give. And so I pulled it out and I thought, man, this, this is such an encouraging letter. I, I, and I thought, may, maybe I could read some of it to you. Maybe, maybe this would be a, a helpful uh, a picture of, of what I'm talking about. But then I was reading through it and I thought, no, I don't, I don't want to distract from what I'm trying to say here. And, and it's, it, I don't want to read about myself. I, he's, he's encouraging me and I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to lift myself up. So, so I thought, I'll, I'll read what he wrote about Sarah. <laughs> and it's just, it's too good, it's too good not to... Not to share with you. So, um, and so just to, just to kind of orient you here, he's, um, he's reflecting on the night that Sarah and my relationship really first got off the ground here. And so he says, he says in this toast that he never got to give, however, that same night, as I do remember, that I was able to, that same night, I, I do remember that I was able to talk to Sarah while Eric, I think, went to the bathroom. I may or may not have told him he had something in his teeth. I had met Sarah before, but had never spoken significantly to her. And in doing so, I found what many of you have long known about her, that jokes do not work on Sarah, because she already radiates the joy that one's joke is trying to elicit. It is like delivering a pizza to Domino's. <laughs> you deliver only to find there is more joy, sweetness of spirit, and beauty than you could ever carry with you. Suddenly, the late night walk the uninterruptible gaze, and the shared laughter all made sense. I spent the time I had left until Eric returned, simply soaking in being in the orbit of someone whose very life was and is contagious. Ray Ortland says, encouragement is what the gospel feels like as it moves from one believer to another. Encouragement is what the gospel feels like as it moves from one believer to another. I mean, just, just reading those words, that, that blesses me that, that he, he was able to articulate what I saw. He's able to speak life, to, to encourage, to, to build up in a way that... Let, let me say this to you. There will never be in a, a day in your life when you wouldn't benefit from being encouraged. And there will never be a day in your life when another brother or sister wouldn't benefit from being encouraged by you. The kind of encouragement Hebrews is talking about expects a kind of shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationship, of living life together, of really knowing one another, of giving consideration to the other, of seeing the other person growing, of them being more and more like Jesus, like you know that they can be. My friend Logan, he, he got up close to me. He walked with me during that season of life. He, he rode as one who was with me, who knew me, who cared, who, who wanted to encourage me, wanted to encourage us. 
He cared for me in ways that I didn't always recognize I needed to be cared for. And he encouraged me in ways that blessed me and challenged me to keep going. I love how, how in, in Hebrews, there, there, are no, there are no limitations, there are no stipulations for encouraging one another. No limitations are necessary. <laughs> if anything, we're more likely to neglect giving encouragement than we are to giving too much of it. There's, there's no such thing. We, we, we will not overdo it. You will not over-encourage anybody. I've never heard anybody complain that they, they were over-encouraged by someone. We need, live this way. Pursue these things. And so persevere. And so uh, there's so much more that I'd love to say about considering one another and, and encouraging each other and all these things, but I want to take a, take a moment to, to bring up our seniors. So I'm going to give our seniors uh, a chance to, to share and, and answer some of the ways that, um, not, not to our senior commission yet, um, but, but a chance to, uh, to just give them a, an opportunity to share about their, their own ways of, of encouragement and experiencing encouragement and perseverance in, in the youth group. Okay, guys, so, so I'll, I'll introduce them uh, briefly here, and then we'll, we'll celebrate them in a moment. But this is, uh, this is Philip Jordan, Maggie Castiglione, and Daisy Martinez. Thank you guys for uh, just some of our seniors. And then we also have Jamie and Sengi in, in the crowd here. Um, I just want to start. How has being part of the youth group invited you to draw near to God? And you can answer. You don't have to answer in order. Whoever feels called. Um, all right, I, I just want to... Um share how the youth group uh, has encouraged me in particular. Um, one thing that's been uh, great about being part of a youth group is getting to see what living life, uh, pursuing God kind of looks like in other people and uh, um, exhibiting um, Christ-like qualities, which is something that I... Um, haven't that I'm not really uh, um, I haven't really been used to seeing a whole lot um, in the past, but coming here it's been really really uh, great to see um, how some of the other people in this group have just been kind of radiating the encouragement, <laughs> um, and it's it's incredible to. Um, yeah, it's just incredible to be around them. And you, you found it's like delivering a pizza to Domino's. Yes, yeah. yes. That that's I'm, I'm <laughs> coming to the youth group was yeah. I'll put this pizza with all the other pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is it work? Oh, now it is. I hear myself. Okay. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really neat to be a part of a youth group because it's one of the first times like you're not a kid anymore you know you're kind of making your faith your own but in like a less stressful way than being an adult I guess because you still have like your parents and all the youth leaders and all of that and they're helping you grow and now I do feel ready I feel ready next year to like make my faith completely my own but this is like a good in-between kind of way of having that yeah that didn't make sense <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I felt like having these youth leaders during this in-between time that have really cared about all of us on such a personal level has been like a physical representation of like Christ chasing after me the way that my youth leaders have like chased after me in my spiritual life and have cared about me so deeply and that's inspired me to chase after God just the way that I've seen them do it with their spiritual life and also with all of us it's it's so encouraging yeah. So, um, and, and maybe you could speak to, more to uh, just how you've how you've been been able to encourage one another during this time. Not not just even from the youth leaders, but even even from other youth. Uh, I think I think an example of this uh, that I I personally was was blessed by was just recently um, Philip walking walking alongside you as you're going through this this surgery, and um, you, know, you had Philip had brain surgery. Uh, what was it like? How long ago was was the first operation? Two months ago. I mean, isn't that that's incredible? Um, but just to, I mean, and, and you hit your, you got to graduate, and, and you got to walk this this weekend or this on, on Thursday. Um, but I think that you, you sent that video as as you're kind of like working through rehabbing, and I just thought like like your dad sharing, hey, this is this is a, I mean, it's like a 30 second clip, and. Your dad was like, "Yeah, this is that's like 50% of the distance that you walked." But in that moment, you're like, "I, I want to share a word of encouragement of, of like gratitude to the youth group." And I was just like, "I was so moved by that." Like, it, you're you're literally giving everything that you have in that moment, exerting all of your energy as you're as you're walking again, and you're thinking of of just saying thank you to people who who love and care for you. And I, I just. I think that was so encouraging. I mean, I watched that so many. T- I, I literally had to watch that like five or six times before I showed it to the youth group, so I wouldn't cry because <laughs> I cried every time. But but yeah. So how, how have you been able to encourage one another, or been encouraged by other other members in the youth group? Um, I think I think it's it's a big difference having your friends from like school than having your friends from church. Um, who care about you, but also your spiritual life and your how your decisions are going to impact the kingdom of God, and not only like your own pride. And that has been super great for us. Um, a few of the girls have done like a Bible study together, which has helped me so much. And I've always liked to be part of even just like smaller groups with the girls because we get to be. I don't know, we get to grow as, like, women for Christ together, and, like, it's just, it's been really encouraging and has helped me grow a lot. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, it's been so nice to see um, a community of people who are all united in Christ. I think that's really cool, especially because at my school, um, I don't have that same sense of community and stuff, especially because a lot of my friends from school aren't Christians. Um, And so it's just really nice to have that every week and then with like extra Bible studies and stuff multiple times a week. And um, even when I'm doing things with my friends from youth group that um, aren't Bible studies or don't revolve around that type of thing, it still is different. There's something different because we are united in Christ and it's been really encouraging to be friends with all of these people and uh, just to do life with them. When, oh, hello. 
when it comes to um, pursuing God in particular and um, your faith, when my, my faith, I guess, I think that one thing that's been very encouraging has been to see how, I think I mentioned this before, but how people are pursuing God and how there's more to Christianity than just um, than just believe than just say, saying to yourself, I, "I believe in I believe that Jesus died for me," and so that that's that's it. There's more, and um, it's been great to see how um, others have been taking their faith kind of further than just um, than just like what um, it can sometimes feel like you just doing the bare minimum. It's been great to see other people um, do, um, taking their faith further and trying to um, encourage one another to uh, continue to take uh, your faith further. And that's, that's one way that I've felt encouraged. Yeah. Um, and then how, how have you guys learned to persevere in faith during this, this season that you've been walking in? Um, so I guess one way that I've really had to persevere in faith is with the youth group even coming to existence. When we first came to Waypoint, it was not really existent at all. Derek was in fourth grade, but he got to be part of the youth group to make it like an actual group. Um, yeah, there were, there were weeks that I went where it was like just me and Jamie basically. Um, and so it's just been so neat to see how God has brought different families to the youth group and how he's brought just the right families for this group. And even um, how there are certain families that I thought were an answer to prayer and ended up leaving, but I still was able to see God working through all of those things to make the youth group what it is. So, yeah. Um, for me, youth group has been, has had the biggest impact on my spiritual life of like anything ever. Um, even though we're all just, we're a bunch of random kids who are, range from like sixth to twelfth grade. Like, ha sometimes some of us have like very little in common, but like we all just work so well together. And um, just the way that each of our, the way I've seen everyone in our youth group believe and talk about their experiences with God is so inspiring. Even when they're like five years younger than me or my same age or a little older and um, youth group has been just the biggest constant reminder of God's love for me and God's love for all of us and his purpose for us and his purpose in each and every one of us um, with youth group is just that weekly reminder that we're all here and we're all living for Christ and um, yeah One, uh, one way that um, perseverance through uh, faith when it comes to the youth group in particular has kind of exhibited itself in my life specifically was um, during the rehabilitation period that um, Pastor Eric mentioned. Um, I, uh, there was a lot of uh, encouragement from the youth group and it was kind of a reminder to... Um, continue to think about um, God even during a time where um, you know I 
have other things that I, I guess I'd like to think about. <laughs> like, like I, I'd like I'd like to kind of put the rest of my life to the side and just that um, it was it was a good reminder when um, other people were encouraging me to not um, focus on myself and to not dwell on my own situation, even though it seemed like a pretty good option at the time. And one thing that the youth group, uh, there are many things that the youth group did for me um, over, you know, messages, encouragement over messages. Um, we did a little, uh, I, I was virtually present at one of the meetings, but they also came to visit me in person and that was just an incredible, it, it was incredible to see how, um, um, how much they cared and that was a reminder of, um, you know, to, um, I, I'm trying to say that, like, to be, doing great, per, yes, to <laughs> persevere with your faith like you, like, um, in a way like my faith represented by the youth group has kind of persevered to me. Yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, no, thanks. And uh, I, I, was, I was debating whether or not to, to put this on the screen because I thought, like, Philip in particular, I really wanted to encourage you because I, I, I don't think you know this, but um, I was texting back when we, we could come to visit you guys and in, in your family in the hospital. Um, I reached out to one of the youth to say, hey, hey, do you want to you go see Philip? Do you want to go visit with him? And, uh, and he was like, you know, I, I can't during that time because I, I have homework to do. Like, I usually like, have these deadlines. And then 30 minutes later, unprompted, he texts me back. I didn't even respond to him because I just forgot about it. But um, he texts me back, and he's like, you know what? Bump that. I'm going to do as much work as I possibly can right now because I'd do anything for Philip. And we went, and we went to see you. Um, and so I have, I, I'll, I'll post it later. I, I have the, the text to prove it. Um, so I just want to say to each one of you that I, um, I, I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you. I, I find you to be so extraordinary and uh, just, just an encouragement to be around you. I mean, being, being a part of the youth group and being with you guys each week is, is one of the highlights of my week. And, and I just I thank you for... Uh, for, for letting me walk with you and for, for uh, letting us be in community together and for being the leaders and, and uh, the, the strong examples uh, that you are. So um, each one of you brings different, and, and Jamie, you too, each one of you brings something different to the table and uh, is, is so important to uh, who we are and, and what our community is like. And so uh, can, we just, can we just give them a, a, a hand clap? So you guys can go sit down. Yeah, so um, as, as we close out, before, before I call back up our seniors, I want to at least give them a moment to, to be seated for a second here. Uh, before we commission them, I, I want to end with this, this last glimpse of encouragement. Um, and I think this, this will give you kind of a, a glimpse of, of what this group really is like and what the Lord is doing in this community. Um, so our church has a blog. 
right? And, and it's, it's pretty great because you get to hear a lot of different voices from a lot of different people uh, that cover a lot of different areas of, of the life and ministry of our church. And, and uh, Erica does an amazing job of coordinating it and getting to, to cover all the different things. And, and it's cool because everybody, everybody, anybody can contribute to it. Anybody in our church can, can uh, write on it. And we have a lot of great writers in our church. So it's, it's really awesome to get to hear about and see these different things that God is doing. And so uh, th- this week in preparation, I was, I was thinking about, you know, I, I know that we've had some youth share different stories about different experiences of what we've seen God do. And, and I was looking back through and, and I found the post that was written by one of the, one of the youth members about our trip to our mission trip to Panama City two years ago. Two years ago, we, we went on this mission trip to Panama City, Florida to do hurricane relief. And, and just reading through it, I mean, it, it, it was emotional. I mean, it brought back a lot of memories for me. And um, and I believe the Lord really, really laid some, some foundational groundwork during that trip. That, that there is a lot of transformation and, and solidification of, of, of what God, the, the kind of community that we wanted to be was solidified during that trip. And I think even, even for people who didn't go on it, they're, they're still, they're, they're tasting it, they're benefiting from it. They're, they're still see, we're still seeing fruit from that trip. That we, we became who we wanted to be and we're continuing to, to grow on that because of, because of what God did in Panama City. So I just, I want to read uh, an excerpt of, of this blog post that was written. Um, and again, we're, we're doing hurricane, we're doing hurricane relief and so, so he writes, the, the real work started the next day where we helped a man and his three daughters rebuild their fence. On that day, we put up 17 planks plus the frame and encountered a challenge from one of the neighbors. We were not pleased, and I, I can just like, I can envision, I can remember all of these things, it's, it's so, so, so well written. Um, we were not pleased with those results, and we, we prayed for more energy and encouraged each other that night. Then we went back the next day and did 56 planks, making our total 73 planks in eight hours. So we're just like hammering these, these planks, trying to salvage this wood um, from, from this wreck from this hurricane. The best thing that came out of that fence in the end was how I was able to bond with the people who worked on the fence with me. I learned a lot about myself and I spent some time thinking about my relationship with God. Our youth leaders had really amazing questions to ask in our Bible study sessions. One of the questions was, what does our relationship with God look like? That was one of my favorite questions and I thought about it in bed till I fell asleep. I wouldn't call what happened on the trip bonding because it was more than that. It was the evolution of our shared relationship as the Waypoint Youth Group. Do you get it? I mean, do you, do you, see, do you see what I'm talking about? Don't take for granted a community like this. And don't wait for it to find you. Seek it out. Be a part of building it if you have to. Let, let God use you in that. But the kind of community I'm talking about, it, it invites you to, to really know God. It invites you to really know yourself. It invites you to really know one another. To be transformed and to see others transformed by His saving grace. I tell you, pursue these things. And so persevere in faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you, you do a good thing in our lives. You, you choose to love us. You draw near to us. You pursue us. God, we thank you for this work that you are doing. 
God, may you continue to, to work, continue to grow us, continue to, to strengthen us, continue to strengthen our faith. God, in particular, may these students, may these seniors, as they go out, as we send them out in a moment here, may they persevere, may, may you strengthen them, may you encourage them, may they walk with you all their days. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So, so at this time, we, we're, going to, uh, we're going to commission our seniors. And so uh, I'm, I'm gonna call each of them up one by one, and, and, and for our prayer time this morning, uh, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to pray a blessing over them. And so uh, I'm just going to call them up in, in alphabetical order. So uh, Maggie Castiglione. <laughs> Philip Jordan. <laughs> Daisy Martinez. Jamie and Sangi. So this is this is a commission. This is a blessing that I want to pray over you guys from, from this passage that we've just been looking at in Hebrews chapter 10. So through the confidence we have by the saving work of Jesus, may you draw near to the Lord with sincere hearts, fully trusting him with clear consciences through the work of Christ. May you hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. We believe this. Remembering that God faithfully keeps all his promises. And as you live out this hope, may you consider how you can spur on one another to love and good works. And may you encourage one another until Jesus returns. May you persevere in faith like the saints before you. Amen. You can grab a seat.